Thank you, guys. Thank you for the opportunity. Just as we, as I'm opening up here, there's just something that I felt, and uh, Steve actually touched a lot on it, and he gave, I would say, a condor's view of the church and the kingdom. But it's something that I was thinking of preaching, but I'm not preaching on that today. But I think it is very important, uh, at least at an eldership level, but even to get a good biblical understanding of what church is and what it's called to do and the structure and everything related to church. And the reason I say that is because when you teach people what church is from the Bible, it will help them in times like we've had now with this shutdown and what church is meant to be. Otherwise, they'll get used to something else, and they won't realize, actually, this is what church is meant to be. So I just felt that that was very important. I just want to highlight that uh, so that we do good study when it comes to that, because we have to articulate it to people. And it's not for us to get them focused on our church, but it's to get them protected, See, that's the goal of, I believe, teaching and preaching and teaching people is to give them the ability so that they can be the ones that can protect themselves and their family. That's the, that's the goal. So I just felt that would be an important thing to do. Um, and perhaps, yeah, maybe one of you, maybe it's for all of you, some of you, maybe not. Anyway, I just want to share to, today, uh, we arrived on the island, actually, about two weeks ago. And I was actually here before that because my son has moved to Victoria. And Ivor and Jackie hosted us, hosted me, hosted my children, my son and my daughter-in-law, which was really precious. When I came, Mark and Jen opened up the church's wonderful apartment to Jan and myself to host us. Wonderful. Came here, went to Leroy and Jody up in Prince George, and they hosted us again. And we didn't leave there empty, but a little bit more than we had. And then we had the privilege, and I say it's a privilege, it's a privilege to preach. When people open up the door for you to preach, it's a privilege. Yeah. And then we went <laughs> to Mike and Mo and to the church in Terrace. And again, we were hosted tremendously. And also got the opportunity that they opened the door so that we could preach in their church. And it's a privilege. Every one of us who preaches the Word of God knows that it's an enjoyable thing for us to do, and we know it's a privilege when somebody gives us that opportunity. We've come down here, this wonderful church has hosted this equip, just been hospitable, opened up their doors, done all the work, and again, what a privilege. And that is what partnership is. This whole time, I've experienced partnership. You coming to this equip have experienced partnership. 
And partnership enlarges us in ways that we cannot even imagine. When we embrace it and its fullness, it enlarges us. It strengthens us. It takes us through the times where when we do not feel the faith that one is supposed to feel. You know, when you come to a time perhaps like this in an equip where maybe you feel spiritually dry and in the whole week you don't find that you can really connect. God places with us people that will represent Him, that will partner with us, will make this life bearable because we partner with Him. Any of us who have been married for any length of time will know that there are times when we as a husband or a wife are weak. We're not as spiritual as we're supposed to be. Maybe we're having a little bit of time getting something out of our quiet times, you know. The wonderful time you're supposed to have with the Lord. Sometimes you have those quiet times and you can't feel anything. You feel a little bit like dry. And that, when, God, when you realize the wonderful gift of partnership. Because God, in, my, in our marriage, I've always seen it. When I am weak, I, it's a, an amazing thing. God makes my wife strong. When she's weak, He makes me strong. And this partnership is a great encouragement. It is a great thing to be partnered with somebody. And I want to say, just in light of uh, marriage, I know that there's a new way of, dis of, of speaking about a husband or wife and just referring to them as a partner, and that thing is not right. It diminishes what the partnership in a marriage is what it's supposed to be. And so I'm aware of that. And we must remember that from a kingdom perspective, partnership is much bigger, much fuller, much stronger than any partnership that you get in the world. Because it's built on a different premise, which I'll speak a little bit about now. So I'm going to speak a little bit about partnership. Hope we can get something out of it. In Philippians 1, 3 to 6, it says this, I thank my God every single time I remember you. In my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership. That word koinonia, well, I'll speak it share a bit now, in the gospel, different to the world. We're not supposed to, in my opinion, go to the world to find out about partnership. Because they don't have what partnership is supposed to be. And a lot of people do that. They say, let's speak about a partnership, and they adopt the principles of the world. And I'm going to share why it's not that. It's much, much bigger than a partnership in the world. If anybody should be leading when it comes to partnership, guess what? It should be us in the church. I can tell you, 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 a partnership will be successful if we take the principles of the kingdom, even if it's in a secular environment. But it's a partnership in this gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began the good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. So this word partnership over here is called uh, koinonia. 
or koinonia, whichever way you want to pronounce it. And that really means a communion, a fellowship, a, 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 an association of intimacy with one another. It's, it's a unique thing. It's something that you experience when you come together as brothers and sisters in Christ. You've maybe sat down at a table and you've gone away and you've said, what a sweet time that was. You come away encouraged, not just in the fact that you've got friends, but that actually Christ's presence was there. Because he says, whenever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And what is that really meaning? Does that mean that we only need to get together and two or three people? No. It means that the sense of fellowship that we have, that koinonia, is a sense that God's presence is there in our get together. And it's not just a spiritual thing because we necessarily talked about the Lord even. You can experience it just because you're loving and being loved by somebody who's your brother and sister in Christ. Mm -hmm. And it is sweet. Sweet. That's what that word means. And we know communion is a common term throughout. It's used to describe this intimate relationship and fellowship we have, these Christ-centered relationships between people as they gather, and often around a meal. And, uh, I mean, if we think about that context of Jesus uh, breaking bread, it was, it was a context of a meal. It wasn't something that was, like, very quick and over, Let's see, you can taste this, you can have this, and then we're done. It actually says that the wine was taken after the meal. There was a meal involved because communion is a time where we fellowship, where we connect, mm -hmm. where we experience Christ's presence as they did at the Last Supper. That's what it is. That's the heart of it. That's the heart of it. We mustn't lose the heart of communion when you're celebrating it, whenever or whatever and whichever way you do it. That is its intention. But in this context where it speaks about partnership, all right, it focuses on something broader, on the gospel as central to the partnership, and particularly the missional aspect of the gospel. And I would say that that aspect, if we leave that aspect out, it'll be problem problematic. So unless the gospel and the missional aspect of the gospel is central to this partnership, the one successful partnership will focus on battles won rather than battles to come. And that's how you know that actually this fellowship is no longer about the gospel and the missional aspect of the gospel because it is, as some people have said, in the 70s when we had or 80s, safari suits and shuffle. Now, I know Kenny was speaking about South Africa, but that was like, that was the, the real sort of dress then. For others, it was like ducktails and short sides over here, you know, and the swing or whatever it was. But a partnership that is going to be successful is speaking about the future, about battles to come, things that need to be done, rather than things past. Now, it doesn't mean that we mustn't remember the things that are past, because they made a mistake by not 
<laughs> when, when Joshua went, died, they made a mistake of not reminding him of what, what God did. But they reminded of what God did so that they could do what God wants them to do. It, it, while even remembering those things, it's for the future and not for the past. So in fact, if the gospel is no longer central to the partnership, we don't even know when we're actually in a battle. You know that. We don't even know. So from my experience, when the partnership is in that state, we start to focus on the natural and not the spiritual. And I, and I say this because, you know, if you're working in the context of a church, there's a lot of practical stuff that needs to be done. There's a lot of the, the you know, I mean, people can come and say, well, it's wonderful, wonderful God, He's great, and stuff like that. But then when you look at the budget at the end of the month, you're thinking, yeah, this is like, this is a practical thing. Am I going to make it at the end of the month? Or, you know, are we going to be able to do this or specifically that? That, that? All the practical details. Now, those practical details are very important. However, if they're not seen in the context of the spiritual, You'll have a problem because some things, some of these small little foxes will come up. Hey? They're quite natural. We've got to look at them spiritually. Spiritual, spiritual eyes are very crucial in that. And when the gospel is central, we, we think of the spiritual and how it relates to the natural. We spoke last, uh, uh, Tyron just shared, and I know he was sharing it as a long runway, but a very important runway about. What we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because what is happening on earth is a reflection of what's happening in the spiritual. So whenever we see the physical as gospel people, we've got to look at the spiritual. There is a spiritual dynamic happening all the time. And that's why when we, when we need to tackle things like we face in our country today that are problematic on the ground... If we just face them on the ground, we'll lose the battle. But if we face them in the spiritual, I think things will change. Amen. Amen. All right. So a good partnership is like heaven on earth. It really is. It is like heaven on earth. It's reflected in the prayer for those, part those in the partnership. And that's when a partnership is good, is that there's prayer, there's natural prayer that is happening for those that are in the partnership. And that's what Paul was experiencing. He was experiencing this prayer commitment, not based on the fact that, that you're on a list. So I don't want to pray on any list for any person. I don't want to be on a list. I want to be on a heart. See? I want to be on a heart. And when we're on hearts... There's something quite natural. It's very easy when somebody is on your heart to pray for them. Yeah. It's not that easy when they're on a list. And I'm not saying you can't have lists. So I'm not, not saying that. But for me, I think that it's about that having people on our hearts. You know, I've, I've told you what I've experienced over the last couple of weeks. Guess what happens now? I carry a whole bunch of people in my heart. If, if something happens with, with any of those people, it's no longer, okay, yeah. It's like, Lord Jesus, help me. Yeah. I mean, as Kenny shared what happened with his mom, every one of us 
would weep with him. Why? Because it's not on a list. It's on a heart. That's right. Because there's a partnership involved. Mm-hmm. Partnership. It's also reflected in joy when thinking of those in the partnership. And that's what the whole aspect of, you know, when the brethren dwell together in unity, there is, there is blessing and anointing. I can tell you right now, sometimes what, when people are finding it difficult to connect with God, and they may be involved in the worship, you might have gone into the worship and said, this is the most fantastic worship I've ever experienced. I just want to stay here and I want to be in heaven. They've come in there and guess what? They haven't got anything out of it. And then they sit down with a loving brother or sister and they come away from that and they say, next time we worship, I'm going to be in there. And we, we, we forget that partnership is very dramatic. It's what God has chosen. It reflects everything. The world will know that you are a disciple, not based on anything other than your love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. When people come in, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I, I have to say, in reflection on our togetherness and our partnership, many of the churches, they have said, you know, why did you, I've asked them, some of them, and then, why did you come to the church? He says, you know, they welcomed me. They were friendly. They, 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 you can say, okay, let's have greeters and, and, and smile and that sort of thing, but there's an essence that comes from even the partnership within the leadership team that passes on. That when people feel you welcoming them, it's a quite a natural thing. It's God's intention. It's God's intention. It lifts you up. It makes you feel, I'm important. Because it is important to know that we're important to God. But it's also important to know that we're important to God's people. Because we are the reflection of who God is. So there's joy, and that joy, you know, when you have that joy, it makes it easy to receive the Spirit of God. I find, you know, when there's that joyfulness in your, with your brethren, you just open to the Holy Spirit. The blessing, the anointing just flows. And then it's reflected in a sense of faith that God is working in a partner's life, as we see in that Scripture. That I am, I am convinced that he is able to keep you to the end. How did Paul say that? Because he knew what was in that partnership. So the partnership gives that sense of hope. It doesn't, he didn't go away thinking, I wonder if they're going to actually make it or not. You know? It's because they were connected tightly in partnership. A bad partnership, well, that is like hell on earth. And I say that, it might sound, there's nothing worse when it goes wrong in a partnership. And that's because God has designed himself to be reflected through people. And when they, and the devil knows that. So that if it's like, if there's hell in a partnership, it is like hell. It really is like hell. And that's why we have to contend for our relationships in the partnership. We have to contend for it. It's not something that just you just like, okay, we're in and that's it. It's work. Any of you be married for a while, you'll know. All right, it works. In its work. You know, we get upset with one another. We get irritated with one another. You know? We do. I mean, anybody that doesn't 
well, then you must come and give a marriage ceremony because I don't know how you do it there. But I know that it is. And I think it's good. I don't think relationship is necessarily good just when everything's something about a partnership that actually helps us and refines us, you know, to get rid of some of the stuff that needs to be getting rid of. The reason why we like that word partnership. Now, when we did, before we spoke about partnership with the team, we used to, we used to do partnership we not used to. Partnership for us as a church, we didn't have membership. A partnership. Partnership, not membership. You can be a member of a gym and not go. But you can't be a partner. So if, 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 I, were to, if I owned a gym and I said to, said to a person, if, if they were just a member, it makes no difference. If I go, I don't go. But if he's a partner, he's going to be interested in what's happening in that partnership. Because he's going to be earning money or not. There's going to be a benefit or non-benefit based on the partnership. So partnership denotes this equality of status and contribution. And so there is this aspect that I want to be a partner. As, as I think that that's why some people have taken it instead of, this is, instead of saying, this is my husband or wife, they said, this is my partner. Because they are afraid of the fact that there's no equality. But the fact is that men and women are equal. I'm equal. We partners. Jan and I are partners. I might lead this team. There's authority, but we are partners. In the, in the Trinity, Jesus is submitted to the Father, but He is equal with the Father. There's authority and equality. Sometimes people don't get that. But it's true. Equality of status, equality of contribution. We all get to play. A good partnership means that we all play. <laughs> you know? And this is important for us to remember that because sometimes we, we neglect people in terms of contribution. I remember the one, one year I, I, I decided to sign up for the soccer team. And this is when we were playing yeah, relatively competitive soccer. They left me on the bench for the year. No. I went to every practice. I went to, to every game. They didn't get me and put me on to play. So guess what I did? I found another team that I could actually play. So that's important. That's quite important. I'll leave it with you. You can work it out. But we must remember if we're leading a team or if we're on it, we must just remember everybody needs to play in a, in a, in a partnership. Partnership in the kingdom is not 50-50. It's not 50-50. It's based on burden bearing. When one is weak, the other is strong. Let me tell you, if I start measuring what my wife does and what I do in this partnership, it will be done. It will be done. Now, I'm not saying that if I'm being lazy, that my wife can't call me to account and say, hey, listen, you know, you've done, you're leaving your clothes on the ground here. Pick them up. Or you're not doing your fair share. It's not saying that. But the fact is, is that we, we don't measure 
I mean, if, if we do, it's going to be difficult. I mean, I think, as I said, I think about Ivor and Jackie, they hosted my kids, and I'm thinking, how the hang can I repay them? I might not be able to repay them. But you see that, I mean, I'm just using that as an example. I hope they're not embarrassed by it. But it is, for me, something that is real. It's real. When people host you or people do something to you and you can't pay them back, you know, that's God. That's God. Sometimes I have to be weak. Sometimes I have to be the person that's receiving and, and be good with that and realize I'm not going to have to be able to pay a person back. But I've also got to be the person that realizes there's going to be times when I'm going to have to take the lion's share of the work because the other one is weak. That's the kingdom partnership. See, if we think about it like the world thinks about it, we're going to be ticking boxes. And ticking boxes is terrible, man. I don't know if I want to have my boxes ticked. I might not, I might not sort of, I'll run. Because I think I'm not going to measure up. All right. Partnership and membership requires a continual involvement by those in the partnership, which membership can just be active while involvement is dormant. Partnership means an equal concern for the partnership as a whole. All right? In a partnership, the, if you are a partner in it, it's in the interest of that partnership to succeed. You're not thinking, so if, if, if I'm partnering with a church, and, and, so we, and there's the different partnerships that I'll speak about briefly. If I'm just, if I'm become a partner within Liberty Church, let's say, if I'm really a partner, I am interested if people are there on a Sunday or not. I am interested in whether the gospel is going out or not, whether we're doing well on a Sunday or not, if I'm a partner. I don't have to be a leader. I just have to be a partner to, in our team, NCMI translocal team. It's in my interest as a partner in that to see it succeed and to be burdened if it fails. That's what a partnership is like. And that's what God's called us to in partnership. We want it to succeed. I want us to explode. I'm interested that when we get together at the next equips, that we see more people saved and more people healed. And, more, and, 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 and that's what we must all go for. It mustn't be like, okay, you're the leader, you do it. It's we all do it because we're all partners in this thing. Now, in life, there are multiple partnerships. And we have to remain faithful to all of them. So you have a family. You have a husband and wife. You have a family. That's a partnership. You have your work where there is a measure of partnership in that work. Whether you are a partner in it or if you're just working for that. There's a partnership. There's an agreement. They require something from you. There's an expectation of time and energy and a, re a remuneration expectation. In church, there's a partnership. And even within the church, there are smaller partnerships. There's like a leadership team is like a, a, another little partnership within it. Not in conflict with the church, but a home cell. There's a little partnership that's developed. The translocal team is a, it's a massive team. I'm never going to be able to know everybody on this team. But even within this big translocal team, 
there are small little partnerships that develop. And we can kind of like, okay, these are, this is the people that God's placed with me for this season. We, we work together in doing what God's called us to do. Never in conflict to the whole. Never in conflict to the whole. And multiple partnerships, we're faithful in every one of them. All right? They might have varying degrees of time, but our commitment to them remains faithful to each of those uh, times. There's times when, when, when it's going to require sacrifice from my family in order to do the stuff within the context of work or with church or with whatever. The, the, these things, and they're movable. They're not always exact. But there has to be some form of partnership where there is a sense that people can rely on me generally. If I say, okay, I like this small group, just let's say home cell, whatever. I love this home cell. It's a great place. And I pitch up there like once every five weeks. I'll say, well, I've got family commitments. I've got work commitments. I've got all sorts of commitments. Well, that's like, you know, is that a partnership? I say, okay, well, what time can you commit to something? And so that we can be faithful in that, that commitment, all right? So we have multiple... It requires a spirit-led allocation of time and resource, always in consultation with the, with the people within the partnership. So there, you, you never just say, okay, I'm not coming or I'm not going. There's always a sense, you know, I've, I've got this on, and then I communicate. You know, I know that perhaps you've got this expectation. We're in partnership. This is what I feel the Lord is saying. Okay, let's speak about it. That's partnership. It's movable to some extent. So, we must have that. Partnerships are built and broken by met and unmet expectations. You know that. In, in fact, every relationship has that element to it of met and unmet expectations. They have expectations. We all have expectations, real or unreal. Whether they should be there or shouldn't be there, well, that's dependent, all right? But usually partnerships break down when there are unmet expectations, and they are built up when those expectations are met. Realistic expectations in a partnership requires the hard work of communication and clarification, which is, in fact, the work of love. I mean, I know Steve just moved through it quite quickly, speaking about texting instead of phoning or getting together with somebody instead of actually phoning them. Communication is hard work and requires plenty of time, particularly when expectations are not being met in a partnership. That's why it's so vital, so vital to connect and talk over these things in a way that releases us. We catch the heart of someone when we spend time in the process of communicating face-to-face. -face. So I might have a perception of somebody or something, and I know that we've done this, particularly in this time as a leadership time, leadership team, because any of us that have been in church over this last two years know that there's very different opinions about what's going on. Very different expectations. 
And I, I want to tell you that for us, it required a lot of hard work of talking. And, and sometimes if we just have a short time to talk, just one thing can be said and not clarified, and in an instant, relationships are broken. And we miss the heart. We need the heart, man. But as we speak and as we talk, we get to the heart because God wants us to connect with the heart. Partnerships in the kingdom and when the gospel are a heart thing. All right, I'm going to run through the rest and then we will get some time to minister. We are designed to do it together. You know that. Why partnership? Because I want to tell you a secret. Partnership is fun. Partnership is fun. I recently had to sell, we had two motorcycles, small motorcycles that my son and I used to ride. And I used to ride, I, I got rid of one of the motorcycles that I did have because I had nobody to ride with. We got these two motorcycles. I love riding because we're riding together. And any of you that do anything, if you do it together, it just makes it much more fun, doesn't it? Yeah. That's why we're called to do it together. It's fun. And that's one of the reasons why we have a translocal team, is so that we can have fun together. Eh? <laughs> no. It's not the only reason, but it's one of the great benefits. One of the great benefits is that we get to do things together. In Ephesians 4, 11, 14, it says this, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach a unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure in the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men. Did you understand that with my accent? You can go and read it. <laughs> I want to get because we're going to have some ministry shortly. But I just want to share two thoughts or three thoughts on this. The mechanism of maturity is receiving translocal gifts of Christ to ministering the Word of God to the priesthood so that they can be equipped for work or service. We do not mature without it. That's what is called to mature us, the translocal team, all right? And there's many. The, the, the people, the, those gifts are in the church, but they're also outside the church. And that's why God. So, and God's intention for us is maturity. That's the goal. He wants us to grow up, doesn't he? I mean, my boy, I love my boy. I was just sharing. I'd, I'd love him to be three years old again in some sense that I could pick him up and I can cuddle him. So I used to love cuddling my boy and just loving my boy and putting my arms. And now He's like, he's cuddling me now, and with a beard. So, <laughs> you know, but I love those days. But I have to tell you, I was not intending for him to stay that way. You know, the beauty about a kid is they grow up and they can look after themselves. Animals, you still have to look after. But kids grow up to maturity. That's our goal, isn't it? And that's God's goal for us. He wants us to be sons and daughters of His that are mature. And the measure of maturity is the church is built up in unity and is able to discern, discern destructive teaching that breaks down the church in its unity. Don't for a minute think that being able to discern destructive teaching is not valuable. It is most critical. All right? 
Anything that breaks down the unity of the body, there's a problem. Body needs to be built up. Four more points I'm going to hand over. How we partner, invitation, we open the door and we build bridges into communities. We participate through the equips that we have. We elevate through discussing the importance of being a part of a partnership. And then we go with one another to those places. Amen. There we go. Yeah. I hand it back to you. Amen. It's good.